0: Ready, cool. This should be interesting. Go. Hey Dan, how are you? Fine, how can I help you? I have a few questions from my entrepreneurship club, if you don't mind answering them.
1: Okay.
0: I am Taylor, this is my friend. Hi, my is Jacob. And we're college students looking to get rich and create value, like I'm sure you've talked to a lot of us. And we um, talking to someone who's done it already helps a lot kind of have the mindsets and just get everything down um, and kind of helps us see how to do it. And I understand you, you have, you are, I, you have, I, think, I think it was 250,000 people you, you have mentored in the past. So, so I think talking to you is, is a great value to us and helps us a lot in terms of setting up business and giving us advice for the future generation to kind of go on to and create businesses and create wealth.
1: Okay. I'm listening.
0: Cool. Um, so I talked to Peter Sage yesterday actually and he, he gave me a lot of really, really good stuff and you were his mentor and I, I, I saw the uh, saw, saw, saw the, the, the video from, from a London Real and, I, and, I really, and it was really cool. I saw Peter's and I saw yours. Um, so I talked to Peter Sage and he had a lot of really good ideas and having you as his mentor, I think talking to you would be very, very valuable and asking you a few questions if you don't mind answering a few questions. Fine, right, shoot. Cool. Um, Something Peter said is um, having job security um, um, is your, 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 your ability to lead people, um, and he kind of said, said leadership ability, and I didn't ask about this, but how do you actually gain gain experience in leadership without going out joining the Army or actually starting a company? Is, is it something you kind of learn or you read about and learn, or is it something you kind of born with? How does that work exactly?
1: Well, I, I personally think all kids your age should be in the Army, but it's the <laughs> Definitely. Uh, the um, leadership is uh, not something you're born with. Uh, leadership is something that you acquire over time. But if you show me your uh, friends and I'll show you your future. Now, I'm just assuming that this – let's just say this kid in the orange shirt's a dipshit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. He kind of looks like a dipshit. <laughs> he kind of does. <laughs> but all college kids like dipshits. Uh huh. Maybe he's a high-performance guy. Maybe he's not. Maybe he uh, when he tells you he's going to do something, maybe he really follows up, uh, you know. And so you, you just think about the five, you know, five people that you spend most of your life around. Normally, it's your mom, your dad, maybe an you know, older brother, older sister, a grandparent, and that's who forms your self-esteem, and it also forms the basis for your leadership skills as you grow up. Mm-hmm. So now you're an adult. Seemingly, you're an adult, and you're going to college, and you're fucked up like all college kids are then now the people that influence you vis-a-vis leadership skills and communication skills and all, all your other skill sets are friends you have. 20 years older than you. About, yeah. But, so, to get those leadership skills, not going in the military, but going to ROTC or whatever they have there at the university, uh, it's who you hang around with. Now, I do know It is to find somebody that is 20 years your senior is where you are where he is or she is where you want to be in 20 years i.e. Peter said and uh, get him to mentor you get him to coach you get him to tell you when you're doing something right and when you're doing something wrong mm-hmm. and in the beginning I believe in tough love I don't believe in patting on the back mm-hmm. it, it only reinforces bad habits and uh, I still remember my, my stepmother saying, uh, my two younger brothers, uh, they said uh, they, were, they were always in trouble. And they said, well, look at how good Dan turned out. Well, that's not much of the fucking benchmark. But I'm one to 100 million. Oh, yeah. And, and my, my, my two kid brothers, you know, didn't turn out as well. One turned into high-performance guys, assistant fire chief of the biggest fire department in the world, mm-hmm. the L.A. County Fire Department. Oh, well. And he turned out real well. And uh, but he was a disciplined kid, and uh, my father had more uh, impact on him because my dad wasn't so old. By the time our our youngest uh, brother came around, my dad had gotten too tired to be a disciplinarian. He just wanted to sit back and relax and have a beer. So you need to find people with leadership stuff. Now, reading books, in my judgment, I know you're in university. Believe reading books is for people that don't take action. Mm-hmm. Okay, now. There's a slight caveat to that because you're in college, so they give you books, maybe they don't give you books, maybe they give you Kindle yeah. Yeah. Okay. but you're there to study, but probably the best book on leadership, um, and it happens to be one of my former partners, Joe Batten, Joe Batten was the uh, mentor of Ross Perot, which before your time, but he's a billionaire guy who's still around, uh, and Joe Batten uh, wrote a book called uh, Tough-Minded Management, Tough-Minded Leadership. Mm-hmm. Great books. Tough-minded management, tough-minded leadership. If you never read another book mm-hmm. on management and leadership, that's it. <laughs> Got
0: self-minded. it. Uh,
1: but there's countless. The libraries are full of books. Yeah. Leadership. Uh, most of what's a horseshit. Okay. My my definition of uh, leadership is me getting you to do what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. when I fucking want you to do it. Mm-hmm. Not when you pull your thumb out of your ass and decide to do it. Mm-hmm. That's leadership. There's two ends of the continuum for leadership. There's the General Pat and Dan Pena in the continuum, and there's the uh, Colin Powell, mm-hmm. former Secretary of the State, in the continuum. Mm-hmm. They're both generals. One's a hard-ass, kick-in-the-teeth general, and one's a soft diplomat kind of general, and he is a very diplomatic guy. But I'm at the kick-ass, kick-in-the-teeth end of the continuum, and most people are at the other end of the continuum. Ninety percent of the leaders in the world are not at my end of the continuum. Ninety percent of the leaders that have you know, great leadership skills or even good leadership skills are at the other end of the continuum. Mm-hmm. Peter Say is at my end of the continuum, but not a smart right as I am, mm-hmm. but he's at my end of the continuum. Part of the reason he is is because I've had a lot of influence on him over the years. Um, so I, that's how. For uh, you know, you may have a professor that's got good leadership skills. I'd be highly surprised, but maybe you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, you know, normally guys that have the best leadership skills are guys on the wrestling team, guys that are the captain of the basketball team, etc. Another another good guy on leadership who was on the soft end of the team was a guy named John Wooden. Mm-hmm. Coach John Wooden was the greatest basketball, actually the greatest basketball coach of all time. He had ten. NC2A championships. I think he won six in a row or seven in a row, 10 out of 12 or 13 years. I had the privilege of uh, knowing him and speaking to him uh, being on the diaspora many years ago before it passed away. But he's got a book. It's called The Pyramid of, uh, I can't remember the pyramid of Success. Story. But uh, that's another book. You read those two, three books, and uh, you get around people that have uh, high performance standards. Set up the benchmark high, and you'll be fine
0: definitely cool i have a list of topics that P- peter talked about we'll go over first um so
2: my first question is of all the people you've mentored and all the people that you've helped succeed and uh become successful in whatever they're doing i was wondering if you could share with us some trends that you've seen in either a bunch of people that have failed or a bunch of people that have succeeded you know what direction our goal is asking me
1: what's the difference between the people succeeded and failed that I mentored? Yes. Not much. Okay. I know that you, you, don't, you won't like
2: that
1: answer. Hmm. But as Ross Perot, he said, success is on the razor edge of failure. Okay. Success is on the razor edge hmm. of failure. You know, you don't know how close you are to being successful. You never know until you're successful. And most people quit too soon. Okay? So the people that gave up, we have a 100% success ratio of kids that i mentor. 100%. Everybody is made better in some aspects of their life. Mm-hmm. But of the people that don't succeed, and the people that made $10 million, and we've got a few of them, um, the, uh, uh, are the people that didn't give up, and <coughs> bless you, had the Thank biggest you. audacious goal I'm not a proponent of President Obama, I don't like his politics, mm-hmm. but what I do admire him for is setting big nation' goals. I think that he was gonna be, when he was a kid, going to Whittier College in California before he went on to Columbia, to think that he was gonna be the first black president is a big fucking goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's wild. And so, the people that have been the most successful are the, the kids that I've trained and mentor and coach, they had the biggest goals. Uh, and no matter how outrageous they are, it's like the Wright brothers, you know, thinking that they were going to fly uh, like birds, you know. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, and, and you know, shit happens. And uh, the uh, so that's the basic difference:
2: they give up too soon, uh, and they don't have a big enough kind of goals. Mm, cool. All right, one more question I have is, uh, you really seem like someone who has a very strong presence and the willpower about them. And do you have any ways where, uh, any habits or anything like that in your life when you've been able to uh, cultivate that willpower, that drive to succeed? And um, just a couple things that you might be able to share with us. Yeah, well, so we can, uh, that's,
1: that's an easy question. The easy question is, you know, uh, unless you are, and I'm giving you the benefit of that now because you two kids are on, on this call, and you generated this call, that if you're around kids that have big goals, it will be much easier for you to make it a self fulfilling prophecy, because you see, well, Joe and Jane and Henry are thinking this way, so, and, and you'll be thinking, you oh, know, fuck, I'm twice as smart as him, and half, one and a half times as smart as that bitch, so I should be able to do it. So it's again, it's,
0: it's who
1: you hang around with, and it. it's difficult. Now,
0: again, uh, you guys go to LSU, right? Yes, sir. Yes, that, that's correct. I'm, I'm, I was at School of Mines in Colorado. It's a related really engineering school. Um, it was pretty depressing, but a lot of really, really smart kids there. And something I noticed as well being there, these kids were, I mean, it, it, it was very, very smart kids. It, it's a, it's a uh, school in Colorado. It, it's, it's for, for earth sciences, and the school actually has a small particle accelerator underground. Um, and, some, and some of my friends are in physics and. Um, they they were very very smart. I mean, they, 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 these guys were. And it felt just like a very cool environment. Like, like people always studied. Everyone was very like high performance in a sense, and, and people were just very very like driven. It was really cool cool to be around them. You
1: know, I've been around a lot of really bright people, rocket scientists.
0: Yeah. You
1: know. um, but you know, they're introverted.
0: Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: But you don't want to be around if you're going to make it unless you're going to be Einstein. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be around introverted people. Mm-hmm. Unless you're fucking Einstein.
0: Don't, not don't it do.
1: Bad dog, dumb hunt.
0: That's why I, in I came here, yeah.
1: Speaking of Louisiana, in uh, April of
2: 1991,
1: mm-hmm. were you guys born
2: then? No. 92. <laughs> okay. okay,
1: I won an NSU alumni golf tournament. Really? No Nets team. small world. Some of the Cake uh, and some of the drunkest fucking <laughs> murderers. They got. God ever put on the earth
3: yep. <laughs> uh,
1: and I don't know how they are today and uh, the tournament was at I'm trying to think uh, outside of Baton Rouge I don't remember the country but, but anyway uh, in fact when my wife and I just went to, to uh, um, New Orleans here recently mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, they were going down Bourbon Street and acting crazy like they do oh, yeah. a lot of college kids acting fucking insane oh, yeah. and so my, my wife said my wife's English she said a winery, a 40s allowance. And I said, This is North Farland's water, this is Birmingham Street. <laughs> it crazy with the street right here? And then, then some girls were nothing, and she said, uh, This is quite outrageous. And I said, Yes, it is, dear. And then we, we went on a tour, and it was to see the, the five or six or seven most uh, popular. Bars, pubs in uh, New Orleans. And one of them was where the first four houses in New Orleans was started by a black man, I forget the name. I didn't know it was a drinking tour. So you drank it. I thought we were going to go in like a museum. So we got to the first place, and the college kids, and it was only like uh, 30 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. And half of the kids uh, were from college on a um,
0: they, uh, what do you call it when they, uh, a guy gets married the, the night before? You have a uh, bachelor party. party? Yes, yeah.
1: and these guys were sucking up drinks like you would not believe. And so, first two or three places, my wife and I had a drink, but then after that, the next five or six places, we shared a drink because we had other shit to do. Yeah. And these kids well, they had other shit to do too, but they didn't give a fuck.
2: Yeah. I mean, they were there to get
1: <laughs> blitzed,
2: get wasted, and they
1: did, it. but they were very polite. Was well, good. Uh, <laughs> Getting back, that's, that's a great environment to do for a bachelor's party. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was in college, unfortunately, I used to do that every weekend. I, now, I, I know, it was
0: a natural.
2: little
1: bit better. Freshman
0: and sophomore year, I didn't no, say I stopped about junior year. Okay,
1: okay. So, <laughs> they, uh, you, you want to find people. And uh, again, you know, I commend you, uh, and I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. that you, you know, want to talk to somebody like myself and Peter. Yeah. How did you find London Real?
0: Um, I started um, – something happened about six months ago. I, um, I, I found your book, and I, I read it, and then I kept reading more books on getting rich, and I was like, let's get rich. Why not? So I found that, and I found people who have, who have gotten rich, and I was like, how do you do this? Is it possible? And I started studying people who have done it, and then I just wanted to get in contact with you guys, see how you guys thought, and just kind of see, see kind of the process was to, to get there and see what the whole – kind of what it was about.
1: But one of one the questions about the real ass. And uh, a number of people that interviewed me asked, you know, what's the best advice you ever got? Then, what's the best advice you've ever given? I'm yeah. going to say that now while I'm thinking about it. Yeah. The best advice I ever got was from Oscar Joshos, who was the chief executive of the shipping lines. who was the friend for 60 years of Aristotle and the acids, you know, big time billionaire shipping back And he used to tell me uh, uh, a couple things. Number one, focus on the few, not the many. In other words, limit your scope of the things that you, 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 you're passionate about. And number two, he used to say, just do it, Mr. Chris, now. Uh, uh, no. The best advice I never took was focus on the few, not the many, because I didn't believe that. I know it, and mm-hmm. I know it. I, it's part of my ritual. But, and I just tell kids like you, hey, just fucking do it. I mean, That's You got it. an idea, just go out and do it. doesn't matter what your, your law is legal, moral, ever. It doesn't matter what your parents say. doesn't matter what your college professors say. It doesn't matter what anybody said. Just go out and do it. Mm-hmm. And, I had some of that, instilled in me when I was growing up, but not enough. I got more of it after I served in the military. But when I came out, because basically the reason why you don't just go and do it, is because you're afraid of failure, you're afraid of what other people are going to say. You know, my dad told me not to spend my 500 bucks this way, he was right, I fucking pissed it down a rat hole. You know, my mother told me this, my older brother told me this. And the truth of the matter is, especially at your age, you know, another thing. you I forget, they not know, tell you because you're young, you got plenty of time. That's bullshit. That's unadulterated bullshit. Pretty soon you're gonna be thirty. Pretty soon you're gonna be forty. With a mortgage, and a kid, and a, you know, a flabby ass wife, and <laughs> you'll be fucked. And you'll remember this fucking podcast, and you'll think shit. I should have listened to him, and I ought to put a fucking bullet in my brain. Most people live quiet lives of desperation. Your parents live yeah. quiet lives of desperation. You know, I, I I mean this not in a balanced way, but if somebody had shot your mother or father 25 years ago, the world wouldn't be any fucking different. Mm-hmm. No way, no fucking way. And you two fuckers wouldn't have been born. And I wouldn't have had been wasting my time on <laughs> this fucking podcast.
3: Exactly.
1: But see, I say what people think but are afraid to say.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, you've been in a class with a professor and you're well, a shit or something.
3: Yeah. You
1: don't say that
3: because
1: you want to get a degree. Mm-hmm. I used to say it. <laughs> I used to say it. And, of course, I, I flunked out three times. Uh-huh. Came back, graduated with honor. Mm-hmm. And graduate with honor. After you flunked out three times, you're going to get a lot of fucking A's. And what do you call it? Well, you get more credit than a regular A. I forget what it's called. Oh, oh. Um uh super Ray or something where instead of getting four credits you get five so but i had to get a lot of good grades
3: to make it for all the d's and S I got uh-huh okay
1: uh, but I'm, I'm not suggesting you go tell your president i'm
3: not gonna do that <laughs> no.
0: and i but i'm I, you know i have been on, you know lsu
1: is uh used to be a party school i don't know saying,
0: it's it's just a little bit it's of kind yeah. of it's kind it's of not, it's not what i expected but it's it kind of it's a, still a slightly party school But um, some question question I have is what industry would you choose? Um, So right now, I I have a side business that's online. I have some friends making 10, 20K a month from their businesses two or three years in online. Um, um, I'm I'm studying petroleum engineering at school right now um, for the oil industry. And you have some experience there in oil and also starting a business online um, um, for industries. What industry would you choose to go start a business in the industry?
1: Healthcare, telecommunication, that's
0: it. That's it. I said 25, 30 years ago, the city governor of Florida,
1: Rick Scott, is a mentee of mine. He was my lawyer many years ago, and uh, I say the same thing. Healthcare, vanity rumors like say you want to stay alive longer, so that they'll pay any exorbitant, outrageous amount of money to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pills, potions, diets. Everybody wants to lose weight. Uh, you know, everybody wants to stay young. So healthcare, uh, and from an uh, engineering point of view, uh, you can design the materials that help people live longer, the machines, etc. For mm-hmm. um, telecommunication, which includes the internet, you know, Zuckerberg my buying Instagram and all these other things are clear, clearly point out or validate the telecommunications, i.e. internet, they're going to be around for a long time. Uh, the, uh, there are kids that go to university or just not a university, you know, you know, 5, 10 to 15 grand a month on the internet, and that's all possible. The challenge with mm-hmm. that is, when I start a business, I want to start a business that I can sell to.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Internet businesses you're never going to be able to sell because the barrier to entry is too small. Mm-hmm. Anybody with a credit card or even a debit card in uh, Bangalore, India, you go into competition. But the quick. is you know, I, I'm involved in several internet businesses myself. Mm-hmm. I've involved in a few uh, businesses that are related to healthcare. But another, another, even though it's not one of, the two of my two main areas, even though I don't believe it, so
0: uh, the, uh, there's a lot of money being made in alternative energy. That's what I was looking. I'm, I'm studying petroleum engineering, but I'm kind of looking to kind of switch over to alternative energy because I see it coming up here pretty soon. Definitely. Something Peter said, um, he said people have an addiction to certainty. Is that something you told them or is that something you figured out for himself?
1: Uh, as Clint Eastwood told me in 1997, uh, nobody, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. You don't believe me? Clay Eastwood? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 of course.
1: Okay, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. I say, man plans and God left. laughs. That's
0: true.
1: Just, you know, I, and I don't want to know about your parents, but I mean, yeah. you know, I'm sure your own families have their own forest story. If yeah. I'da, shoulda, coulda, you know, I coulda. That's all horseshit. You know, if they had any
2: true. Very well said. So, whenever you were going out and starting all these companies and uh, you were all planning to flip them once you got to a certain point, right?
1: Yeah, well, sometimes the sooner. I mean, sometimes, you know, you never know. I mean, uh, another thing I learned, uh, I, I've held on to some companies so long where I turned down a great offer, but I turned it down that I thought I'd get more and then I might have been stuck with it. Mm. The offer that looks too uh, good to be true comes around very rarely. Uh, you know, you don't go broke making profits, taking profits. Same in the stock market. You don't go take uh, broke taking profits. So, you know, uh, the, uh, but when I get into a business, 99 times out of 100, I'm planning my exit the day I start the business.
2: Okay. Whenever you're starting the business, are there a few things that you try to do in the business to make it look more... Uh make it look better to people who'd be willing to buy the business, you know what I mean? Perception
1: is reality. Right. Uh, you know, and with the whole idea behind the uh, first hundred million, you know, I had mentees your age who just like I do. And guess what? When they walk into the bank, this guy must be serious. And they also think you're a lot older immediately. For sure. Now, the people will laugh, but, uh, you know, 30 uh, years ago, 35 years ago, I grew a mustache to look older. Then I grew a beard a little And of course now I have a goatee, but then my beard turned white, and I turned white, so I don't have that problem anymore. Mm-hmm. But when my kids look at pictures of me, you know, many years ago, they say, who's that daddy? <laughs> you you only have one time to make the first impression.
2: You said you, uh, with your leadership style, you said it's very, uh, I don't know, very intense, or however you put it. And I was wondering how much your comment of perception is reality, how you're able to apply that, like, directly to management when you're dealing with people, especially people who might not be as ambitious as you might want. So. Well, then, I not that don't
1: want to be ambitious. Fuck
2: them! Fuck them? Alright, sounds good. You guys uh, can probably relate to this better. Uh, of course, my staff
1: sitting over here listening. But when I was a kid, the girl that lived next door who would fuck me by me just falling in their window every night? A lot better than the one I had a hitchhike seven miles to go see me.
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> Understand what I'm saying? I think so. Yeah, I hope so. Fuck. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, you take the opportunities when they come.
2: Mm.
3: Because as long
1: as it's moral, legal, ethical, and all that. I keep saying that because some of my mentees have gone out and big time gangsters. Really? I've got. Uh, At the castle, I've got a Hall of Fame and I've got a Hall of Shame. (laughs) But all the guys that are doing time uh, or have done time. Oh my Mm -hmm.
2: Good serious business.
1: Basically, my model is the mafia model. Mm Mm-hmm. But he didn't go to school. 14, 15 years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Now I polished him up a little, but he's actually polished himself up. He's quite an articulate uh, public speaker. Uh, he's a great communicator. And uh, the uh, and he's, and he's still young, you know. Yeah. And if he's young, you know, just think
2: you are. What would you say are some good lessons that you've learned or? Lessons that you've been able to teach about sales. Like, I know that's incredibly, incredibly important when it
0: comes to business sales and, uh, and persuasion and yeah. negotiating.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it gets back again. Perception is reality. You know, I was still trying to, you know, sell corporate accounts. Give yeah, it now. There's no reason for me to dress like this to do this. I've
0: oh, yeah, back. yeah. I, I was surprised, yeah.
1: But this is my uniform, and uh, I always try to do the very best. When Dan Hennessy says try, that means he does. The very best. I can do it. Anything I do. So uh, we had my 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 loyal staffers setting up the cameras and the lights and you know, all this bullshit this morning. Uh, so we could do this. So uh, the first thing is sales is communication skills. Communication skills. Communication skills. Remember, communication is message sent, message received, and message acted upon. And in sales, it's message acted upon I want to fucking act upon. Like, buy now, you asshole. <laughs> Not next year. Mm-hmm. When I was going to graduate school, when I came back from the army, uh, I had a 94.6% closing ratio, in sales. I used to sell real estate. Wow. 94.6% of the people that walked in the fucking door I sold. And why was I so good? Well, I was pretty aggressive, but in addition to that, I had a sales manager named Kelly Norwood, still remember, uh, and he was from Mississippi. And he says, Peter, a young boy like you ought to sell every motherfucker that walks through the door. I'd never been in sales before. I said, well, that's 100% everybody walks through the goddamn door. And I, said, well, I can do that. Mm-hmm. So my expectation was so high, that, but I, and the 5.4% that got away from me, I cried. <laughs> and everybody else in the company said, you're making us all look bad, man. I mean, Jesus, we're only closing six or seven or eight percent of the people who walk through the door, and you're closing 94.6 percent of the people
2: who walk through the door. I said, well, that's not my fucking problem, that's yours. And of course, when I was 26 years old, I was driving a Rolls Royce. Ooh, one day. I want to rape. Rolls Royce, Rolls
1: Royce. you think those little chicken shit cars that you think of rape, draw chicks, you have no fucking idea what a Rolls Royce
0: does. One day. (laughs) One day? (laughs) Yeah, of course. 10 years, 15 years. Um, no, no,
1: no, no, when you said go, that's another thing. It's as soon as humanly possible. Fuck that 10 or 15 years. You'll have wrinkles in a pot billion in 15 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's as soon as humanly possible. Conventional wisdom is bullshit.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what you know, I've learned, yeah. All the
1: shit that your parents taught you is mostly bullshit.
0: Mm-hmm. I figure that out.
1: You know, for being a high performance, successful, wealthy person, doesn't mean they need to love you. Yeah. But love don't get you there. And if you haven't already fucking figured that out,
0: you got a lot to learn yet. Learning it slowly.
1: Yeah. Well, go
0: ahead. Um, some question I I heard from you was you you talked about the closer you get to the deals that make you sick to your stomach and financial ruin, the closer you are to massive success. So my question is, how do you get closer to those deals? Is it just you you start off on talking to people and meeting people who are high up and move in there, or is it a matter of
1: and you have to uh, meet people that are outside your comfort zone.
0: Okay.
1: And don't show up with a fucking uh, Nike T-shirt, orange T-shirt.
2: <laughs> yeah. Blessings Lord. Appreciate that. Definitely.
1: Okay. I just had I just had a 52 year old MBA Columbia MBA Yale undergraduate write me an email about something, and uh, we're working on a deal. He we went to the Castle seminar in January. This is the guy that went to Columbia and fucking Yale. Mm -hmm. Look down at fucking LSU like they got shit hanging out their nose, okay? I told him, I said, uh, I I answered something. He said, well, I'm having trouble because it's outside my comfort
3: zone. (laughs) Mm. I levitated.
1: (laughs) And I wish I could choke the little fuck face that he would been right there. And uh, I wrote him back and said, well, I'm not going to answer any more questions on this deal until you get to this point
3: which to him is a long, long way. And I said, I'm not going to do it because, you know, I've I've held your hand through the first seven or eight or nine steps.
1: I'm not going to hold your hand for the next five or six. Mm -hmm. But he's part of the mentor program. So i mentor these guys for a year. uh, But it's outside of his comfort zone. And it's not because he's not smart enough. He knows how to run the numbers. He knows how to do all that stuff. It's because because he's afraid that they're going to say no. So far, they haven't said no, but you follow the system. And it, I mean, you guys should read. You know, you can get it on torrent. I tell her I don't sell anything. I tell everybody get all my shit on torrent or go to my website it's for free. Mm-hmm. But you should uh, get the book, The First Hundred Million on torrent, and uh, and read it because it will change your life. And that uh, that's how I differentiate myself from all these other guys.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Hold on, I'm going down my list. Okay. Um, cra- craziest bu- craziest, um, craziest business model you've ever seen in a, or, or like, craziest slash weirdest business model you've ever seen in a uh, m- mentee. I'll tell you one, <coughs> not
1: mentee, I'll tell you one with a business partner. <laughs> I used to be partners with Hunt Brothers. The Hunts, the Bastard family, the Hunts, were from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. They discovered the oil uh, in uh, West Texas, Spindletop back in the 1920s, but anyway. These, the Hunt brothers, and they told me, or they didn't tell me, but we're going to capture the silver market, spot silver. Spot silver was about three or four bucks an ounce at that time. This mm-hmm. was back in the 1970s. Silver got up to $55 an ounce, as I recall. Because uh, I told them, no one group, no two brothers, people that they were billionaires, can capture any commodity market, is what I said. I'm from Wall Street, I'm supposed to be smart. Well would I wrong? Another thing is don't ever underestimate how wrong you can be.
3: <laughs>
1: Everybody talks about my successes, but I can write a library for all my failures. Okay. But I'm not afraid to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Getting back to the Hunts. So they captured silver, they almost went to jail Because I, I of course when you got a lot of money and they get it right. I had Unfortunately, fortunately, I had nothing to do with that deal. Mm-hmm. Uh the other part of the question was what's the biggest doofus model that a came up with, right?
0: Yeah.
1: There's, so, there's too many.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Something that worked, but it shouldn't have worked.
1: Oh, well, there's a lot of them. It depends on the perseverance, depends on the commitment, depends on the passion of the individual. I mean, because, uh, you know, I, I tell people that if you can't be 1st got to be different. Mm-hmm. And there's not much original thought. Facebook came after MySpace, and I mean, there's not really much original thought. So you need to find something that can be different if it's not gonna be first. Probably the um, (laughs) shouldn't have worked the day. Well, I got a whole wall of, uh, okay, I had a young kid who was a senior at Oxford University, came to the Catholic Seminary, he was 20 years old, Uh, uh, might have been 21. His name was Chris Jasapovic. His father was a successful lawyer, his mother was a chemical engineer. Chemical engineer. He came and, and he said, uh, what should I do? And I said, well, I mean, you don't have any experience, but uh, I, go to, I go to Silicon Valley and come up with an idea that's so outrageous that can't be proven wrong. So <laughs> I told him. He went to Silicon Valley. He did exactly that. And he pulled out $240 million. Bucks.
0: What? Wow. He
1: didn't do it once. He didn't do it twice, as they say in Louisiana. Three fucking times. Wow. And he now runs a hedge fund in Boston, and, he, and I also told him to change his name because Josapowicz, that fucking dog won't hunt. I'm not going to tell you his last name, but he runs a hedge fund in Boston. Wow. He's very reputable. And he got in trouble because after he got a 240 out of Silicon Valley, he got a plane. And of course, that's what you do. I did the same thing. You get a fucking plane, that's what you do. Right? Yeah, yeah. And he sings it. And you have chicks in the plane. Of course. Well, just, the first place. Just when, uh, uh, when did YouTube uh, come out? When did YouTube? 2002,
0: 2003,
1: 13, 12, 13 years ago?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: When it first came out, he was one of the first on YouTube and he had two girls sucking him off and he put it on YouTube and
0: his playing.
3: Wow.
1: <laughs> and then he still went back and got 60 more minutes and 40 more minutes, even after that.
3: Wow. That's good. Is okay. something
1: to I don't mean to suck. Well, Sex in a plane is greater than 40,000 feet, but that's a whole other issue. Yeah. But, but the, uh, it gives you something to spark. He had no idea. I said, just come up with the most opposite idea. Hey, I want to be the first black president. That kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And okay. he happened to have a degree in physics from Oxford. Which I don't know on the, on the pecking order if that means shit, really. But he since then got a, a master's in nuclear fission shit from MIT. <laughs> yeah. He just came out with a big, like,
0: wildest fucking idea you ever saw. Wow. Okay. Um. Some question I have too is he, he
1: worked 30 hours a day.
0: It's a 20, 22. I mean, <laughs> He's a hard working guy. And now he, uh,
1: Chris must be uh, 40 now. He's an old man now. And he, can, and he came out at the same kind of stable time as Sage. Mid late 90s, I mean, the mid 90s. Uh, and his parents hate me to this day because he changed his last
2: name to Josephus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he didn't go on to get a PhD in physics at uh, Oxford, which is what he was going to do.
0: Private's good. Having, having a private jet yes. sounds better, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean, I used to have private planes. I, I had three. I had a Sabreliner, I had a, uh, a Lear, a Big Lear, and I had a uh, Citation, which we used to call an image jet. Because the birds can fly faster than we could. Those dumb caging mistakes, I've
0: done them all. Oh, yeah. There's a of there. <laughs> Buying a boat, giant boat. Yeah, yeah, The happiest day of my life was the day I bought it.
1: The next happiest was the day I sold it. Boats <laughs> and money.
0: It sounds like they do. All right. Um, some question I have is, is, uh, finding a mentor. Like what happens is kids always want to find a mentor. How do you actually find a mentor, get them to actually like you and act as their, as their mentor? Cause what happens is these guys have almost no time. And if they're working, like you said, all day, every day, um, how do you actually get the mentor to actually help you out when, when they, they, have, it's not that you get
1: them to like you. He has to like you. Okay. They don't get me to like them. <laughs> I either like them or I don't like them
0: from mm-hmm. the very
1: beginning.
3: Mm-hmm. And again,
1: you know, uh, You show up like uh, I have a a young kid named Kuzman. He's a uh, Muslim from Pakistan or Afghanistan. And uh, he came to the castle. He was 24, 25 years old. He had a successful online business selling some shit, And he saw that uh, he could never sell the business. So he just turned it over to his roommate. Here, pay me five grand a month for the next year. Then it's yours. And he was doing 30 of them. And he um uh, went after, he went up uh, there's a billionaire named Aikman, who's been famous because I think he's either for or against Herbalife,
0: forget which. Hmm.
1: And uh, he decided Aikman he wanted him to be his mentor. So he called Aikman, just like in the movie Wall Street. You see the movie Wall Street? No. Nah, see I'm the fine. movie okay, nice. And and called him a hundred times. And he and he found a mistake on Aikman's website. And he brought it to his attention through his assistant. And you got, you got to close you, you up to the assistant, whether it's a man or a woman, and you got to, I'm sincere, I'm not a fucking, you know, long-haired freak from LSU, I'm really this, you know, you know, I want to be something, yada, yada. And then, she's the gatekeeper to get you in the door. Mm-hmm. He went to meet Eggman, Aikman, and Eggman Aikman said, Eggman uh, assumed he had an MBA or a PhD and whatever, because to find his mistake, On the website, and it was a very technical, mathematical, fucking something or other. And so he takes him to lunch, he's talking, and then he says, says, Where'd you get your uh, MBA? And of course, this guy was a pre med, he has uh, an undergraduate degree, I want to say pharmacology degree or some bullshit. And when he told him that, April was taken back, but when he showed up, he showed up looking like this. And they went through two, three meetings before, found out that he had been tricked by by that time, he already had to hurt his panties off.
2: Hmm.
1: And it was too late. So he likes the kid.
2: Alright, there you go. Perception is reality.
1: Don't lie. Don't mislead. But when you come, you know, you found a mistake that all his high-priced staff couldn't find. He came looking like a professional. And this is a kid that used to teach yoga just so he could fuck the girl.
2: Oh, that's how you gotta do it. That's what yoga's for.
1: I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I like a little pervert. <laughs>
0: You know, there's got to be better ways to, to, to get laid and uh, have to uh, teach yoga. Yeah, there, are, there Just, are. Although he's in great shape. What Ooh. else? We're running out of time, so what else? Um, go ahead. your questions? Um, all right, here's a
2: list. What's the difference in people you know that become millionaires and become billionaires? If there is...
1: More? Oh, big, I mean, it's a geometric difference. and The difference is passion. Mm. That's, that's it's simple. It's fashion. you know. Let's just say that you're interested in petroleum engineering. You know? Yeah. I don't know how anybody would be interested in that, but I came. I made most of my money in the oil business, so you know. I'm. I, my, my claim to fame was I wasn't a geologist, a petroleum engineer, or a geophysicist. Yet I gave lectures in front of the National Geological Society on uh, uh, seismic, mm-hmm. and I did it with. Not this is before the internet, when the chart flipped on its top, the bottom, was flipped over. So I was talking it upside down, and not one fucker in the 500 people in the room knew any different. That's what I gotta say about geophysics.
0: Have a few friends who are who, who were from school of mines geophysics teachers?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a joke. But anyway, find something that you're passionate about. Okay. And follow your dream, like Steve You know, Steve Jobs said. It. It's, uh, also, listen to the 2005 commencement address. I can get this.
0: Steve Jobs gave a stamp. OK. Um, so my question is, somebody told me, don't find something you're passionate about. Find something you like, and go after that, because it's very hard to find the, the, the thing you're passionate about. Um, how do you know no, when- you're
1: never going to be a billionaire. Forget about it.
0: Okay.
1: He asked me
0: about 1000000000 Oh, yeah? OK. OK. I've, I'm, I've asked everything I want to hear. Uh, mentors, that was the main thing. Um, Alright, so, so my question is um, um, how, how do you set up working like about 20 hours a day? Like, like what happens right now is I work probably about 8 to 12 for school in my business. I, I, I do like full-time engineering. Then I do come home and do my, my side business. Um, how do you get to like the, the 20-hour zone where you're like
1: – you, know, you don't ever – well, if you're passionate about something and you love what you do, mm-hmm. you know, I need to be doing this podcast like I need AIDS. Why the fuck would I do
0: this? That's true. That's very true.
1: Yeah, I got no benefit. I mean, but I love, you know, I, I want to I be known someday, after I'm dead, I'm
3: sure. Yeah. As the greatest high performance coach that ever lived.
1: You know, I've already created more wealth than any other high performance coach that ever lived. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've created more wealth than the whole motherfucking industry put together, cumulative, since Moses.
2: There you go. It's good. Uh...
1: <laughs> so I already know that. And if I die today, and my, 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 my loyal staff sitting to my right here, uh, bury me in the garden, uh, I don't have, you know, nobody can surpass those numbers, mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. I want to be the best I can be, and that's why I proofread a lot of stuff, and in some uh, areas I'm too anal, I'm too detail oriented, it because it's, you need to delegate, Definitely. the secrets to high performance is to be able to delegate, not have to do everything, and one of the problems with being an engineer is that's just the opposite of what you're taught, it, yeah, um, something I found, it's hard to go from like doing all this stuff to actually kind of thinking in terms of like big picture, like creating something, it's, it's hard to, to link it a little bit. Uh,
1: I, you want to be like a contour. you want to look at the world from 60,000 feet, mm-hmm. um, They don't have contours anymore, but you want
0: to look at it from 60,000 feet up, and then you will need somebody
1: else to look at it from 20,000 feet up and somebody else to look at it. Okay. Um, okay. By the way, where, where does this podcast go?
0: Um, it's going to go to the Entrepreneurship Club and I was going to post it on online if that was cool with you. That's fine. Cool. So so I'm talking to Peter. He kind of seemed like he would just go out and do it. If he failed, he would just do it again and do it again until he was successful. Right. Um, some question I have is some people have a fear actually this – is, this is a huge one. They have a job that pays a lot of money and they have a fear of going out and I guess just cutting off and going for it. Um, should someone just go for it and risk it all and just keep going? Absolutely. You
1: know, not. This life isn't meant for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, the QLA path isn't meant for everybody. For those people that are security conscious and uh, you know uh, don't want to have to worry about uh, making, you know, how am I going to make my monthly payment for my house, etc. You know, how, how you know, uh, if I have a steady job in 15 years, I'll be able to pay for my uh, daughter or son's uh, college education. And now it costs a quarter of a million dollars to get a kid from zero to 18 before to he goes. Yeah. So that means you somehow you got to come up, you know, people don't look at it that way. And then if you, if you go to a high-priced school like my, 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 both of my kids have gone to, I mean, you know, you're talking about a lot of money. That much money would you you'd be considered wealthy. Uh, now it's, you know,
0: just to get the kid from zero to 18 and 50 grand. I'm sure uh, honestly tuition is not cheap at LSU. Not, uh, not at all. I, yeah. And it's it's not, it's not crippling, but it's, it definitely hurts a little bit. So whenever you
2: first, okay. So someone who's super young, like us two, and have never—well, not never, but very, very little experience in business. I was wondering if you had like a very beginner, basic business model. Not a business model per se, but kind of like the scientific method. Maybe, for example, so, like for starting a business. Like first, you have an idea, and then you now, need to, like do X, Y, Z. Newsletter one. I have 110
1: newsletters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Newsletter number one, and. When you finish 110 newsletters, you'll be a smart. You'll be the two smartest motherfuckers at LSU.
2: All right, I appreciate that.
1: Look at all the free stuff on my website. I got stuff about how to find deals. It's all there. And okay. you get, you get my book. Uh,
0: First hundred million. Hundred million on torrents. Cool. And
1: uh, you know, you guys will. It's as my my son and my daughter both from, when they got of graduate school that, they, they don't teach anything. We learned, they were I, I learned that. I
0: the students. I started reading books about probably about four months ago. Just like like spare time, spare time with some audiobooks and whatever. And I realized like everything I was taught is just pretty much bullshit. I mean, there's like I mean science, science is science. Sci- science is science. Um, for engineering, I guess it helps know like like how engineering works. But besides that, it's just bullshit, useless. Here's here's some philosophy that no one cares about. It's just yeah.
1: You're just remember, for the most part, 95% of the professors that you ever have, if you can't do it in life, you go and teach.
2: That's that's they're <laughs> <universe>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, guys, I got to run. Definitely. Uh, Thank you. Uh, and uh, Thank you. I wish you all the luck in the world. I look forward to seeing it online. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, uh, I have
0: no plans to come to Louisiana anytime soon. Uh, but uh,
1: the, uh, as my wife would say, she says, God, the behavior here, Dan, is outrageous.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm
1: not sure that's what makes Louisiana, Louisiana Louisiana, that's what makes New Orleans New Orleans
0: that's what makes Bourbon Street Bourbon Street. It's, it's
1: pretty okay. crazy
2: during my job. Okay guys. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. you. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Okay. Take care. Bye.